The U.S. Centers for Disease Control released an updated list of coronavirus symptoms yesterday that includes chills, repeated shaking, muscle pain, headache, sore throat, and loss of taste or smell. Cool. Thanks, said hypochondriacs. So everything? <laughs> so the list is everything. Yeah. Most of the horf- horrifying things you can get in life have so many symptoms, possible symptoms, that if you were of that bent, you could always think you've got cancer or a heart attack or COVID-19 or diphtheria or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Our friend who is recovering from the COVID, um, and and it seems as though she's turning the corner, we, we hope and pray, but is experiencing kidney pain, which is, I mean, what this thing does to your internal organs and all is just, oh. So crazy and so nasty if you're one of the very unlucky people to get the severe case. I don't know personally anybody that's gotten it, which surprises me, although, you know, it speaks to how few people have gotten it in the area I live in right now. I don't know. I think I know one person that's been tested. That surprises me. I would have, if you'd have told me two months ago that come May 1st, not only would I have not have been tested, I don't even know anybody's been tested. That would have surprised me. Mm-hmm. I would have thought we were all getting tested by now. Right, right. Well, the numbers are increasing really, really quickly, but uh, I don't know. I hear one expert say, well, the key to reopening, I mean, like pretty, pretty Gavin Newsom is pitching this. The key to reopening is testing, 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 and tracking and more testing. Then I hear experts say that really wouldn't do any good. Yeah. So I, I don't know what to think. Jet, cup- Jet Blue is going to make you wear a mask the entire flight sitting there yeah. in your seat. I'd find that pretty uncomfortable, but... Yeah, I can deal with it, I've I suppose. I've never flown JetBlue, either. Have you? N- no. Nope. I was gonna I was gonna fly back and forth to New York, but had to cancel the trip. Because they had a direct flight uh, for a while. Because of COVID? Oh, uh, no. No, it was uh, just personal stuff a couple of years ago. But no, I've never flown them. Uh, a couple of uh, business stories for you. Um, and and again, it's it's more questions, piled on questions, but... Uh, the headline is, as states allow businesses to reopen, who is liable when people get sick? Back to attorneys and everybody suing everybody if anything bad ever happens. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Even as stay-at-home orders are lifted, some businesses may be hesitant to reopen if faced with the possibility of litigation from employees or customers. The risk of a large adverse court judgment can be especially daunting as consumer demand is likely to be slow to return for many businesses as polls show that the vast majority of Americans are hesitant to return to their pre-pandemic routines. A team of lawyers from Alston and Bird LLP, run by Marty Bird, Sean, uh, it's an Ozarks reference, (laughs) has created a helpful litigation roundup that includes summaries of new lawsuits around the country and notes that while workplace-related suits, including complaints accusing businesses of exposing workers or customers to COVID-19, are also continuing to increase, with many more likely to follow. So that's just fantastic. Oh, yeah. And then this headline from the WAPO, hard-hit restaurants, gyms, and other businesses are battling insurers over the coronavirus, sparking a new Washington lobbying law. The long and short of it is these business executives have paid premiums for years um, uh, against uh, you know business interruption policies. That would cover, you know, tornadoes and, and wars and acts of God and stuff like that. But now the insurance executives are saying they don't cover pandemics. Um, they now face dire financial straits the businesses do without the aid that they were believed they were promised. 
Um, and so all of the giant super heavyweight uh, lobbyists are now battling it out over which way that's going to go in D.C. I always the echoes and repercussions. Who knows what they will be and how long they will last? I always assume with insurance that when, whatever happens isn't covered for some reason. It's generally just what I assume. That's not a terrible assumption. No, no, no. A tree falling and hitting the roof during a rainstorm doesn't count. So you have to pay for the roof. Okay. Well, well and anybody who's like made a claim on their car insurance and been dropped immediately. Sure. Thanks. Well, okay. Uh, some guy hit my bumper. I got fifteen hundred bucks worth of work I need to get done. I guess I'll just pay it. Uh, kind of takes the fun out of paying those premiums. The Oscars are going to allow movies that didn't run in a theater to qualify for the award because uh, some movies are being released not in a theater because mm-hmm. there's no point. There are no theaters open, which leads us to, we mentioned this story yesterday, we watched the movie Trolls World Tour over the weekend. It was the follow-up to the smash hit Trolls movie, starring Justin Timberlake. Um, and my kids really liked it, but we uh, we rented it at home. This movie was supposed to be a giant release in the theaters, one of those gazillion-dollar kids' movies that include toys and, and Happy Meals and all that sort of stuff, right. you know. Help uh, me picture this thing. Is it like a, uh, a cartoon? Is it like super fancy Pixar cartoon or it's live a cartoon. action? Or it's what? a cartoon. Uh, okay. uh, similar to Pixar animation, kind of your okay. computer-generated things, yeah. not hand-drawn animation. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and uh, it's kind of funny and whatever. So it's a kid's movie, and we watch it, and I paid $20 to rent it. And I generally would never do that, but I thought, geez, it's a brand-new movie. I, I, we would go to the theater if the theater was open. We'd spend more than $20. We'll go ahead and rent it here. Well, it turns out that uh, this 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 idea of not putting it in the theaters worked out for the company universal pictures because they get 80 percent of the profits through the rentals and only 50 percent through the movie theaters Mm, hello so they've decided that uh you know i don't think we're going to do that in movie theaters anymore we just don't need to well amc theaters which is the biggest theater chain in america blasted back yesterday quickly realizing the the ground was shifting beneath their feet Things that have been the same for a hundred years are about to change. Wow. The world's largest cinema chain will no longer play any of Universal Pictures movies in Ooh. weeks of their comments yesterday. Now that's a backlash. Regarding the on-demand success of Trolls World Tour. Yeah, I'd say that's when you realize the stakes are very high. Oh, Things man. are about to change forever. We got to do something quick. Uh, we're not going to play your movies ever again. We'll play no Universal movies. So shut yeah. up about that whole Trolls thing. Yeah, that doesn't have a great feel to me, innovation-wise. Uh, Old media companies saying, oh, yeah, we'll punish you for change. Yeah, yeah I think Universal's so going to say, all right, well, good luck with your model. One of my there. favorite uh, uh, film connoisseurs, a, a gentleman by the name of Sean Fennessy, tweeted out, anytime you can cut your own legs out with no leverage while mired in debt and battling a company about to launch its own streaming service, you have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Wow, that's some good sark right there. Yeah, that, that's funny. I'm glad that somebody smart said that, because that was my thinking. What is your leverage exactly you here? You got none. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, well, I think you we'll misunderstood my uh... premise. My premise is I don't need yeah. you. No, what I said was you guys are now irrelevant. <laughs> oh, yeah? So oh, yeah? <laughs> well, I'll show you. You're not allowed to show our movies here anymore. I wasn't planning to. That was and my statement. There's another theater a mile away if we decide we want to. <laughs> so I've got you in the palm of my hand. Okay. All right. Man, that's some good writing. I got to read that guy's stuff, Sean, just because I like his uh, his word craft. He's very good. I, I like Sean Fennessy quite a bit. Uh, that's that's straight from the you you can't quit. You're fired. You can't fire me. I quit. 
Right, exactly. <laughs> well, you showed me. <laughs> Anytime you can cut your own legs out with no leverage while mired in debt and battling a company about to launch its own streaming service, you got to do it. I see what the right. play was. <laughs> right. It's bold. Didn't see that coming. So will, uh, will, you, will you pay premium price for movies that, uh, that hit on the rental? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I had the same thought process you did. Judy and I were scrolling through, and I can't remember. One of your, one of your uh, Oxer uh, nominees was, was, uh, that I really wanted to see was up there, and I said, $20. $20, that's not what you pay for a, rent a movie. And You pay three ninety nine, and that's it. Yeah, well, wait a minute. That's a brand new movie. If we were to go, we'd pay more than that, and we get to watch it a couple of times if we decide to watch it again tomorrow. And bingo, bango, bongo. And I don't have out to came put on, the uh, pin number. I don't have to put on pants. I have my own drinks and food. Well, and I got no paper crackling dumbass next to me, <laughs> distracting me because I'm easily distracted. And and uh, perhaps there's a cocktail involved. And the butter on my popcorn is probably related to a dairy product in some way. Unlike the movie theater, where did that butter come from? Oh, please. Some it's delicious. Plant, some plant in Bhopal. <laughs> I assume that it's like... You don't actually want to know the answer to that question. I think it's no. something that no, comes out not. of the tire-making machine at Goodyear. Yeah, one guy accidentally fell into the tire machine once, <laughs> and, and they, they rescued him, and he said, thank God, thanks, fellas. Hey, uh, odd thing, though. It tastes like butter in there. <laughs> when you make our radial tires, <laughs> this stuff that leaks out of them tastes like butter. And Mr. Burns, who runs the plant, said, hmm, I smell an opportunity. <laughs> sure enough, that's how movie popcorn butter came to be. Oh, yes. yeah? Well, you're not allowed to show your movies in our theaters anymore. I, I, we weren't going to. That <laughs> that's was, what we said. That was our statement yesterday. Not we, again, never again. <laughs> I don't think you heard me. We're <laughs> never allowing you to show a movie in our theater ever again. We're through here. Okay. Okay. Not even one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Movie tradesman. Armstrong and Getty. So many interesting stories going on in the world, obviously, besides uh, Corona and the economy, just because, you know, things don't stop happening. They continue to happen. You know, I think that's obviously obvious. Yeah, um, less is happening. But, yeah, world keeps spinning. I'm, I'm reading a little more about this uh, question of uh, liability, by the way. And uh, it's looking like Congress may do something. Um, Mitch McConnell said... Uh, Monday, the next pandemic, you do so much better, Mitch McConnell. Than, oh, sorry, I got to mute. Um, uh, bah, bah, bah. The next pandemic coming will be the lawsuit pandemic in the wake of this uh, one. Uh, every Asking everyone from frontline healthcare professionals to essential small business owners to major employers to adapt in new ways and keep serving, but that a massive tangle of federal and state laws could easily mean their heroic efforts are met with years of endless lawsuits. I don't see. I, I, how would you possibly sue saying, you know, you got the corona at work? How would they how would you nail that down? Uh, that's a good question. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. But as anybody who's defended themselves in a lawsuit knows, it just it's being sued is sure. incredibly expensive and time consuming. Yeah, I think um, that I think well, I don't know how it'll work out, but it seems like there ought to be some sort of Supreme Court ruling or I don't know and I'm not smart enough legally speaking to know how it would work out, but there needs to be some sort of blanket statement. It was all over the place. You could have gotten it anywhere. You you don't get to claim you got it at Safeway and uh, and sue them. You know, uh because it was all over the place. Well, well, right, exactly. And the Safeway um, could have done everything right, and a customer walked in and brought it in 15 minutes before you got there, and it's not their fault. Right, exactly. Although just to merely be buying by being open, they took on that risk, and now you're screwed, so you're going to sue them. And um, this could actually yield some decent tort reform, this COVID thing, but to my shock and surprise, Justin Amash... The uh, libertarian, who's probably going to be the libertarian candidate for president, he tweeted, the reasonable approach is for states to give businesses more flexibility to determine how to safely operate. I'm fine with them so far, while still subjecting them to ordinary liability. I don't know what Mitch McConnell's proposing, but I do know that potential liability is something businesses should have to consider as they design safe workplaces. So it appears Amash is lining up with the armies of lawyers who right. exploit right. this just for their own paychecks? No, Justin, no. What's the matter with you? So uh, one of the stories I was uh, referencing that's going on in the world uh, while we're paying attention to all this, Russia hasn't stopped trying to influence the world. The the, the various Middle Eastern and African countries didn't stop being hellholes during all this. Do you remember Libya's role in the Arab Spring from about a decade ago? We got involved in that one and uh, and played a role in Muammar Gaddafi ending up riding a bayonet down the street, literally. Well, Hillary and the Obama administration went in to free the Libyan people. Right, because he we, we got word that Muammar Gaddafi, the evil dictator, and he was an evil dictator, was going to go door-to-door killing people, and we decided we need to step in and stop that from happening. And so we uh, we we helped the 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 supposed good guys who turned out to be bad guys overthrow Gaddafi and uh, and they killed him. But then it's just been a hellhole ever since. Well, Russia has gotten really involved, and now uh, the, according to the Washington Examiner, this was reported yesterday. Our U.S. Africa Command, the person in charge of U.S. interests for the military in Africa, says Libya. Is um, Russian presence in Libya is more dangerous than ISIS at this point? Hmm. And Russia is uh, backing rebels to overthrow one side to help out one guy that's trying to take over and be the be the strong man in Libya who will be um, basically you know working for Russia and it's a very valuable port and they have a lot of mineral uh, uh, okay riches and all that sort of stuff i was just gonna ask why would putin get involved in a just a mess like libya but okay i get it so russia's more dangerous than isis in libya and uh, you know you know speaking of the world keeps spinning uh you got to keep your eye on russia because with these devastatingly low oil prices their treasury's got to be looking pretty bad and and they're uh, involved in all these international uh, adventures hmm they can't sustain that for very long so I was looking at the San Francisco school district. This story was made national news a week or so ago, and I don't know how other places are handling it, but uh, they've gone to pass fail for a lot of classes because it's just it's too difficult to nail down the, the specifics of 
grading very easily. I know the way my son's doing it. You just you kind of either get your homework in or you don't is kind of the way things are going right now. Right, and different kids have different resources and the rest of it. Um, yeah, which they're overly concerned about, I think, uh, t- t- ending up punishing everyone, holding back everybody's education. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, uh, so San Francisco had announced they're just going to give everybody who passes an A. And then there were complaints about, uh-huh. uh, you know, when it comes to getting into various colleges and your grade point average and that whole load of crap. Um, <laughs> um, the people complaining, well, that's not fair. You can't just give an A because they passed and I'm competing with that person. I was going to be second in the class and now they're going to blah, 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 all that right. stuff. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, we'll figure it out and the world will be I, fine. No, I believe we're going to. No, I don't think it is. I think we're going to have an entire generation that, that signed their name with an X and can't add two plus two. <laughs> because uh, because the race is gone. Probably eat their own dandruff. I, I don't oh. know. You tell me on the text line, 415-295-KFTC, wherever you're doing this. What percentage of normal schooling is getting done, do you think, with your kid? I forget what number I put it on yesterday. I thought it might be 60%. And that that's, might be as good as you can do. Uh, you know, i got to accuse you of being cold and unfeeling about the resource thing, just because uh, what if a family has three kids and they have, like, a computer, a laptop, or two even? That's just, that'd be crazy. But not teaching everybody for, the, for that is not working. Oh, no, I wouldn't suggest that. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So for anybody who had forgotten what phony robot Hillary politician Clinton sounds like when she's doing her her actual uh, being involved in politics thing, she shared the podcast with Joe Biden yesterday for this. Welcome, Hillary. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much, Joe. It's a real pleasure to be here with you. I am thrilled to be part of your campaign to not only endorse you, but to help highlight a lot of the issues that are at stake in this presidential election. God, she actually sounds like a robot voice of her. He sounded awfully old and robotic, too. Thank you, Joe. I am thrrilled to be here and discuss the future of People and this who is sound the party like, allegedly of young America. People, yeah, no kidding. You're the you're the young hip party. <laughs> the I guess you got to get through this last group of oldsters before the young hip people. But nobody who sounds like that is going to get elected president ever again. Those those days are just past. That's for amazing. better or worse. Nobody who sounds like that is going to get elected president again. I tell you um, what, I don't know where Barry Obama's hiding now, but they got to get him out there, but quick. Oh, yeah. You got 80 year old doddering Nancy Pelosi. You got Joe Biden, who, who, well, we're hoping grandpa can hold on till Christmas. And then Hillary the robot Clinton? Seriously? Thank you, Joe. I am thrilled to be here today and say that. Um, so, uh, speaking of Joe Biden, we've mentioned a couple of times how the. Um, seriousness of the claims against him have uh, have uh, increased in their their heat over the last couple of days, really in like the last 24, 48 hours, which I'm wondering, is it a coincidence that Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton came out in their uh, endorsements of Joe Biden right while this is at its fever pitch? And maybe this ends up being the high mark 
for this sexual accusation against Joe Biden, but I don't know. Yeah, it's not a very high fever pitch. Uh, no, but Jonathan Carl, who is the president of the White House Correspondents, he's the ABC uh, White House Correspondent, he said just a little bit ago that Joe Biden needs to answer these questions. So I think he was kind of calling out his colleagues in the press, hey, when you get an interview with Joe Biden, you got to ask him about this, all right? Um, it's important. And Michelle Goldberg of the New York Times, who got beaten up a little bit over the weekend, and we pointed out the way she handled the Kavanaugh accusations in her op-ed piece in the New York Times and the way she handled the Joe Biden stuff, yesterday came out with this, and this was after the former neighbor of Joe Biden's accuser, Tara Reid, came forward and said, yeah, she told me about this years ago with his name, exactly what had happened, um, so I believe it had happened. Michelle Goldberg said, this is the most persuasive corroborating evidence that has come out so far. What a nightmare. So she's taking it more seriously than she had in the past. And David French of the Dispatch wrote this, and I thought it was pretty good. What a nightmare indeed for everyone. Every single side of this story is now living with the consequences of dreadful mistakes. Joe Biden is now confronting the Believe Women movement he helped build. Key media outlets and multiple media figures are now face-to-face with their own post-Kavanaugh double standards. And finally, the GOP is left with an arrow with without an arrow in its quiver because of the nominee that they have. So that's yeah. where we are with it. Yeah, I'm not sure I feel as dark as he does about it. I, I grant everything he said is true, but the Kavanaugh thing was fevered insanity. It was people behaving very, very badly. Uh, who was it the the other day that called it the nadir, the low point of American journalism? I think that's about right. Um, so I think there's plenty of embarrassment to go around, but it might be a return to sanity. You're just not going to be able to get that witch hunty fervor whipped up again. Well, this is just in the last day, though, that the neighbor came forward by name to the business insider and says, look, I hate Trump. I want Biden to be the nominee. But Tara Reid told me this when I was her neighbor way back in the day, mentioned Joe Biden. I didn't even know who he was mm-hmm. and said that he did this with the whole yeah. fingers thing. So that's, well, I think it's, yeah, that doesn't mean it happened, but that's a lot stronger than a number of other uh, cases that have been out there. Oh, sure. Including the Kavanaugh thing. No, I think it will be significant. I just think, A, that anybody who's going to vote for Joe Biden will vote for him anyway uh, because they loathe Trump. Um, and, and, you know, and, and hell, maybe they should, uh, I just, I don't think it'll end up having that much of an effect. You know, this end might, it might tamps a little enthusiasm among women voters for Joe. Maybe Sean follows the Twitter world of progressive politics more than I do. Is it bubbling up at all? Does anybody seem to be concerned or anything? Uh, not, I haven't seen it ramp up in the last couple weeks but i think the the concern that was there has been there for a while Mm. well this this latest one from the neighbor her her being by name in the business insider because she had been quoted as a neighbor uh over the last week or so but now she's out there with her name and everything uh i think a lot of people believe the same thing i believe and i'm not happy about this but the presidency now has been invested with so much power the executive branch way too much power in my opinion that if you got a guy who did something even pretty damned loathsome a few decades ago, um, but his policies for 
the the people of the United States of America and our enormous economy and our military and our role in the world, blah, blah, blah. If, if that person's policies I believe to be much better for the country, I'm going to vote for them. I wish it were that true, but I don't even think it is. It doesn't even have to be the policies you generally believe in. They're just on my team. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that in a number of different ways. Right. I've been reading a lot about this lately, and it's it's pretty fascinating and troubling. And it's got to do with, and it's very complicated also, but the, the lack of mediating institutions, they call them, that we have at every level, from the family to the church to the you know the Rotary Club and how you feel about your city government and your county government and your state government, all of that is eroded. And so now we put all of it into the presidency and it's 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 just it's just it's we just did we didn't used to and so right. you had all these levels in between where your anger would go or your 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 where you thought you know if my life needs to change for the better here's where i turn to try to affect that right. all of those have disappeared or we don't believe in them anymore and so we put it all in the president which obviously is insane the president doesn't control 99% of the things you're concerned about well, and if he did, it'd be a nightmare. Yeah, it would never work. And uh, and 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 using the example of in in what era, other area of life do you not have the ability to have a conversation about a human being? You know, take the CEO of your company. You don't have to be all for the CEO of your company or all against him. You would have discussions with your coworkers. I like when she did that, or I like when he did that. But right. you would never say, "Oh, you liked what he did, so you're a fan of." Nobody would react that An way. An immediate hatred and dislike. <laughs> you would take yeah. a complete, or or the manager of your baseball team, or or just you can't come up with another example. Right. You can have completely your, your favorite baseball team. You think the coach? Yeah, man. I, he he. Too often he runs on fourth down, and I think it's a mistake. We should pump. Oh, so you don't like? I mean, you would. We would. So re- you just you just prefer to lose. So yeah. you're anti him and want somebody different. Yeah. There's no other realm of human existence where you would do that because Boy, that's it's just, some good stuff. It's, it doesn't make any sense. You don't yeah. even do that about your you know, but your own parents. I mean, just nothing uh, but the president. You got to turn us on to what you're reading because I love the the smell of it. The other thing about mediating institutions that we're losing because we're so not involved in uh, a like uh, apolitical social groups and bowling leagues and the rest of it like we used to be as a people. Is that you could, you got, uh, okay, call me Joe Conservative. You've got uh, Larry the Liberal, okay? He lives in your town. You and Larry go to the same church. You both coach in the same Little League together, and by God, he's the bass player in your band or, or whatever. So the fact that he's like a flaming liberal and you're not very high on that, well, you're not going to dislike Larry. My God, he's a good guy. He helps out at church. He seems to really care about the little boys on his baseball team or the little girls on his softball team and, and, and you know, half a dozen other things. So yeah, how can you hate a guy like that now that we're just all about politics? And not only that, but, like, mostly presidential politics. Right. Um, yeah, it's just too easy to hate each other. Yeah. I, it's I unhealthy. Had, I had never thought about this stuff. I mean, it's some really thick, thorny political science structuring of society stuff. But all these different mediating institutions that diffuse our anger and our and our love in so many different ways before it gets to the top. Now there's just nothing between me and the top. Right. Uh, All my anger or all my love is there. And and the feeling, the weird feeling that we have now that didn't used to exist of when the other team has the presidency, I'm out. This this person doesn't. This is not my team. 
I, I feel like I've been abandoned by this team. I'm going to be miserable until my team gets back into the White House. Right. It's crazy. Right. Well, one reason for that is that the parties have really separated in terms of a lot of policies in a way that they hadn't. I mean, you look at the Republican Democratic parties of 40 years ago, they were just, they, they were pretty similar to each other. Um, but even that, even that's a little complicated by the fact that both parties are going to spend us into oblivion. Um, but so there are legitimate policy differences. But the other thing, again, those mediating uh, institutions is that you can actually do some good in them. You can actually have an effect. Mm-hmm. And so it's ironic that we've abandoned them for just a full on. It's only the president. Right. Being be, getting into arguments, people with people about who's president is not the best way to affect your local school system. <laughs> right. It's just, you know, but that's what well, we do now. And for a thousand reasons, including, and you're probably tired of hearing this out of my mouth, but uh, we all get taxed pretty heavily and send just unimaginable amounts of money to D.C. and then beg to get them back. And then beg that those federal dollars are spent away that's not completely idiotic. If that money stays in your town, man, you can show up to those meetings. You can help push how it's spent and how it's not spent. The more local it is, the better it is. You know, unless you have a local Marine Corps, you know, that's probably not as good as, as the big one. Hmm. But anyway, you know, the, the great philosophy of, of my sort of thinker is if your town can't do it, you band together with other towns and you do it at the county level. And if your county can't really take care of it, well, all the counties get together and you do it at the state level. And it's only it's kind of a last resort to have the federal government involved in it. But I don't that, that my thinking is like it's gone the way of the dodo bird. Yeah, I know. I, I ought to just shut up, get on my mule, ride it to work, my job in the mine. Quit bothering people with my claptrap. Uh, any tech, any thoughts on any of that? Um, our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. How do we want to finish? Kind of weak and whimpering, limping out of the room. Yeah, I pictured like head down, shuffling out. <laughs> Muttering. Shame was involved in my Shame finish. is yeah, involved. Yeah. Bl- blaming each other. Certain amount of muttering and Follow- hopelessness. Shame followed by apologies. Hey, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> so that's how we'll finish. Stay tuned for that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Is the flu less dangerous than COVID? Let's look at the death rates. No, it's not. They're similar in prevalence and in death rate. So we are saying that our response now, now that we know the facts, it's time to get back to work. The doctor's video was pulled off of YouTube, the largest video hosting site in the world. It wasn't an accident. YouTube admitted doing it. The company cited a violation of, quote, community guidelines, and they did not apologize. Looking back when all of this is finally over, and it will be, it's likely we'll see this moment, what YouTube just did, as a turning point in the way we live in this country, a sharp break with 250 years of law and custom. So those doctors from Bakersfield, millions and millions of views on YouTube, Google pulled it off saying they uh, they went against WHO standards, even though they have videos up from the World Health Organization in which they're clearly lying on behalf of China. I don't know. Right. You explain it to me. 
But YouTube, Google, uh, went with the WHO as their all-powerful and holy arbiter of truth. That is funny. Do you all not get the Internet in, in Palo Alto and Cupertino in Silicon Valley? You haven't read that stuff about the WHO in China? That's real. The Washington Post. Perhaps you've heard of it. It's unbelievable. Oh, speaking of getting back to work, um, there was a protest in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, where some uh, close uh, friends and relatives of mine live. Uh, just give me four and five uh, back-to-back. I need to open North Carolina. People are out of work. People are out of money, and we need to get it going. I can't go where I want. I can't go out to eat. I can't go to my friend's house. can't go to the park. In short, you can't go anywhere. So uh, <clears throat> all over the country, pressure building to open things up. Meanwhile, and this is this is part of it. It's, this is not a but. This is an and. Costco just announced they're going to require face masks for customers at all of their stores. Effective May the 4th. All Costco members and guests must wear a mask or face covering that covers the mouth and nose at all times while at Costco. All right, but why are we starting that May 4th and <laughs> not a month ago or two mm. months ago? You know, that's a perfectly reasonable question. I think it's part and parcel of opening back up, though. Although Costco's been open yeah. the whole time. Yeah. No, I well, yeah. Four to eight weeks ago, we were being told masks don't do anything. Yeah, just dumb. There's been so much dumbness. I mean, there's always been dumbness. There always will be dumbness. But there's been some especially dumb dumbness during the COVID crisis. I think we could all put on masks at the very beginning and, and eliminated a lot of this economic damage. Wish we had done that. Yep, yep. Audi masks, not any masks. Protect other people from your germs because you don't know if you got the damn thing. Oh, boy. I was all excited about this uh, Joe Biden story thing. You know, I don't know. I don't know. The New York Times is kind of pissed at the Biden campaign. I find that fairly interesting um, in that the uh, Biden campaign's claiming, claiming that a New York Times article uh uh, exonerated Biden from uh, groping and, and hurting that Tara Reid woman. What? How would that happen? Uh, well, the New York Times said we found three people who didn't remember anything about it and a couple who did. And the campaign's just quoting the three people who didn't remember and saying it exonerated him. And the strategy is obvious uh, that, listen, this has been fully vetted. He's been exonerated. Let's put this behind us. And the New York Times is saying, no, no, no. Uh, here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the squad to wrap up the show. There he is. He presses the buttons. He keeps us on the air. Michelangelo, final thought? Yeah, I was just doing some reading, and I'm finding out that um, keeping open a business is often just punished as a misdemeanor. I think you're going to see a lot of businesses uh, opening up against the law, you know? Yeah, and then especially you get that whole, a whole if all of us open at the same time, what are they going to do? Right. Yep. Positive Sean, our producer. Final thoughts, Sean? Yeah, shout out to everybody who uh, reached out to me on the Twitter with my what do I do with day-old rice conundrum. Turns out they don't have a a way to properly reheat it yet either, but fried rice is a great thing to do with day-old rice that you don't want. So I'm going to start uh, trying up, frying up some rice. It sounds like a blast. And I love fried rice. Oh, I do too. It's great. Well, that's what we're going to do from now on instead of throwing it out. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, my uh, friend, the rice farmer, said, y'all are eating cheap rice. You ought to uh, eat good California rice because it reheats fine. But mm, really? What do I know? Jack, a final thought for us? 
Uh, it's just a news item, really. Every single member of Utah's population of more than 3 million will have a mask from the state. The state has got a, a mask for every Utah initiative. That's interesting. Wow, that is interesting. Um, uh, final thought. Final thought. Hmm, final thought. Final thoughts. My other final um, thought is a pug in North Carolina got coronavirus. It's the first dog to have gotten it, they think, from a human. So now i got to keep an eye on my pug, put a mask on him. Uh, my final thought is if our pets start spreading this thing around, we're doomed. And you uh-huh. hate to be doomed. <laughs> you hate to be doomed. No, that is going to be a problem if the pets are spreading it around. Well, what oh, the hell gee, are you going to do? What if it was aye, them aye, the aye. whole time? Maybe it was them the whole time. The They're pets trying to undermine are, us. The pets are against us. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people, thanks a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. A lot of great clicks for you. All the podcasts are there. Email us, buy some A&G swag, whatever. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. Be better tomorrow than we were today. And we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Welcome, Hillary. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much, Joe. It's a real pleasure. Armstrong and Getty.